Hey everybody, on today's episode of Hold the Middle, we're going to talk about the last 10 minutes of Kill Chain and try to make sense of what happened in this movie. We're two busy dads who don't have time to watch the whole movie. So we watch just the beginning and end of a movie, then try our best to fill in the gap. I'm Dan. I'm Steven. And this is Hold the Middle. Steven, how are you? Good. How are you, Dan? I'm good. Um, so we watched an, a really kind of old-fashioned action movie here. Although, when I say old-fashioned, I mean, it's just action, pretty much. Everything, I think, is action. And You're talking it might about be, Kill Chain. I'm talking about Kill Chain. Um, yeah. Just about everything was action. It all takes place in one location, seemingly, at least from what we saw. So while I say old-fashioned action movie, it's also kind of similar to what you might see in John Wick, although without that much action. It's just kind of like a modern-day classic action movie. Does that make sense? A little bit. I think you're taking a leap by comparing it to John Wick's action. Yeah, probably. But uh, yeah, I can see what you're saying. So I was watching this and I, I was appreciating some of the action. I think it's better than some of the other stuff that we've seen in the other four movies um, so far. And I started reminiscing a bit about action movies I've seen in my life and trying to think about which decade of action movies in my life. And I'm, and I'm now on the wrong side of 45. So I, I made a little list of action movies from each decade that stood out to me. And I was kind of wondering, is there a particular decade that uh, of, of action movies that you feel like those are the ones, those are my action movies? Well, let me say first, I am not a huge fan of action movies. Like I okay. don't seek them out. So I'm going to be curious to see how many of the movies on your list I've actually seen. Okay. It's um, not a comprehensive list because there's so many movies and there's so many different genres of action movies. Like I just did a quick Google search after I wrote down a few things from each one that were my favorites. And there, it just goes so far beyond what I just wrote down. I'll tell you which ones I love. Okay. And this would be from, in particular, the 2010s, the decade okay. of the 2010s. Okay. That's I love, I love the Mission Impossible movies. Okay. Especially I, I uh, Ghost Protocol started, I think that came out in 2011. So mm -hmm. from Ghost Protocol on, which would be Ghost Protocol, Rogue Nation, and Fallout, like those are three of my favorite action movies probably. So for the 10s, I did write down the Mission Impossible movies because I liked them all, but I thought it, to be fair, while I liked them, I only saw each of them once and I don't remember anything that happened in them. I remember, I think it was Ghost Protocol, Sawyer from Lost was in it and he didn't last very long. We thought he was going to be a big star when that, when that came did. out. Yeah. I still don't get it. I still don't get how he's not a big star. I don't know what happened to him. He, he had it all. He was a good actor. He had decent looks and he was charismatic. How maybe, does that not translate? Maybe he's not a good actor. Oh, maybe. Maybe he just has that one line that he pulls off. He's son of a bitch. Yeah. 
<laughs> That's all he has to do. Um, for the tens, there's other movies. I mentioned, and I mentioned John Wick, but Edge of Tomorrow. Oh, um, I like that movie. I yeah. saw that twice. And and I don't think it's fair because I'm kind of lumping them all in, but almost every movie I saw in the tens in the theater was a Marvel movie. But they're not exactly the same kind of action movie I as these others that I'm listing. I don't consider them an action movie. No? I don't I don't consider the Marvel movies action movies. Really? At least not the kind of action movies that I'm picturing. You know, I'm picturing like Arnold Schwarzenegger movies from the 80s or special yeah. Stallone movies. I don't picture Marvel movies. Move those movies, I don't think they exist anymore. I don't know, maybe they do. Kill Chain. But Kill Chain or yeah, straight to know. streaming. Yeah, but like the the what an action star looks like has changed from the 80s. You know, it used to be Arnold or Dolph Lundgren or um Stallone. And then it slowly pivoted to smaller guys, you know, it was Keanu Reeves and Patrick Swayze or um, uh, Pierce Brosnan as Bond, you know, and the guys got smaller. It's, it was no longer, let's have these big, you know, beefcakes as the action star. It's just an every guy action star now. What about the Bourne movies? Do you have those on your list? Same thing. I don't have any of them on my list. Really? I, no, I saw, I probably saw each of them once and, and maybe not even all of them. Wow. I would probably put the Bourne movies right behind Mission Impossible for me. So those would be the zeros, the aughts? Uh, continue, yeah, the zeros continuing into the tens, I believe. Yeah. yeah. There's four of them with Matt Damon. Yeah. We can work backwards. I did for the zeros, I put Nolan's Batmans. And Minority Report. I just didn't have much to list in that decade. Minority Report, I saw. Which was early 2000s. Yeah, I saw that once, liked it. The Batman, I don't know. I It's hard for me to say superhero movies or action movies, but yeah. I guess. It's it's like a whole subgenre or, or just a genre. Drama, comedy, action, superhero. Yep. You could say that. In the 90s, it's, it was really difficult for me to pick – 80s or 90s where I had better movies, but probably just from being a kid, the 80s resonated a little bit more. But in the 90s, there's some classic action movies. Point Break, Total Recall, The First Mission Impossible, Matrix, The Rock. There's a lot, a lot of good 90s action movies. The 90s might have been the peak for action movies. I, I, I really had a hard time trying to figure it out. It's where it pivoted. It, it changed a lot uh, for what for what you expected. It was seventies, eighties, really gritty guys, you know, big dudes. Guys are just going to bowl you over. In the nineties, it got a little bit more finesse. Hmm. I wonder what sort of triggered that transition. I don't know. It could have been when guys like Seagal and Jean Claude Van Damme came along late eighties. They weren't Arnold, even Patrick Swayze did like uh, next of kin and roadhouse and then point break. And I think when audiences started to eat that up, studios said, Hey, you know what? Anybody can be an action star. It doesn't have to be Arnold. Mm -hmm. You can have anybody. Mm -hmm. And also Batman. Batman was Michael Keaton. He's tiny little yeah. guy. 
And then you just figured out we can just cast anybody in these roles. It doesn't have to be Arnold. Just find a good actor and throw him in an action movie and you've got a blockbuster. Yeah. It doesn't have to be a, you know, big size actor. Yeah. And in the 80s, it was the ones I wrote down were Commando, Running Man, RoboCop, Terminator, Die Hard. Like I remember probably watching all those movies way too early, way too young. But I had them on VHS and I'd watch them over and over again. I was probably 10 years old. I remember watching The Running Man with, I think, my older brother. And I couldn't have been older than seven or eight years old. <laughs> it was the it same was thing we, we had on VHS and just one of those movies you watch over and over. Yeah. Bruce I have Willis, seen all Bruce of those Willis. movies that you just mentioned. Yeah. Which surprises me. So I guess I have seen a lot of action movies. I've seen more than you thought. Bruce Willis is another guy that might have helped turn the tide a little bit from the Arnolds and the Stallones. Um, cause he's just a regular guy. He's a comedian, basically or co- a comic actor. He started out in a sitcom, didn't he? He started out on uh, moonlighting moonlighting. Yeah. Which was, uh, I think it was an hour long comedy drama. Oh, was it? Yeah. Of Never course, if it. you, you go back probably before Arnold and Stallone were the big action guys, it's not like they replaced other bodybuilders. There was more every men, but John Wayne was kind of a big guy, wasn't he? At least he appeared that way on screen. He was a tall drink of water. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Should we get to Kill Chain? I guess. I mean, I think this is the first movie where I can't figure out what we missed in the middle. Yeah, it's tough. There's a lot going on. And there's so many references to different characters that we didn't get to see yeah even even when i looked at the cast and their character names after the movie was over pretty much just in the credits when they were rolling i wasn't even 100 percent sure on the people that we saw who they were they some of them don't even have names right like isn't uh enrico colantoni named like sniper man or old sniper man or something yeah but you know what that must have been for the credits because in on imdb it lists their character names oh really but yeah I, I wrote that down too there was all these crazy character names in the uh credits instead of giving people um instead of giving people actual names it was like the angry man yeah there was like an assassin woman in red yeah so does it say that enrico is franco no he's not He's not Franco. He's not Franco. Okay. And right. and I was I was all ready to say I was right. The guy, the dead guy at the beginning, that was Franco. That but was I'm not Franco? even sure about that. I'm not even sure. I don't even no. think that's right. I think Franco was somebody else that we didn't even see. Yeah, it's. I mean, we basically saw the same four characters in the last ten minutes that we saw in the first ten minutes. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Is that the same woman from the first ten minutes? I don't think so. It's a but different. I might be wrong. Because she wasn't the woman at the end was wearing a different outfit. Yeah, there's there's two women in the credits: the very bad woman and the woman in red, and and there's others. But I don't know which. I'm pretty sure that one of them was the one we saw at the end, and one of them was the one we saw at the beginning. Why don't we start um, the recap, uh, and we'll get to these references along the way. Do you want to get us started? 
Uh, I wrote down shootout in the motel. And I you're mean, done. That's it. <laughs> pretty much. I mean, as soon as I started my 10 minutes, yeah. the shootout begins. And yeah, I've, I've got the same thing. It was like a chase through the hotel. And chase through the hotel. A shotgun. With, uh, 100 shots and they're all missing. <laughs> Aren't they? Like, at yeah. least at first, like, nobody is, is you know, making contact with these shots. And um, I noticed there's like sheets hanging everywhere in the motel. Like I couldn't really tell what that was. I made a note of that too. Uh, what, what was that? Like, I, I don't know if it's some sheet? sort of, uh, some sort of art installation hanging above the atrium of this hotel, the courtyard. Hmm. Um, I thought it, maybe, worked. it worked for them because they were able to hide behind it. Yeah. I thought maybe like Nick Cage, who owns this motel had just washed the laundry. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he's hanging all the bed sheets out to dry. So he owns the hotel and he does all of the <laughs> oh, housekeeping. He's the he's a one man oh. one man show there. He does it all. Well, it's only two rooms, so you know what? That's not that unlikely. It's only two rooms, but one of the room numbers I noticed was twenty nine. <laughs> <laughs> does it? Uh, I would think if you have two rooms, it's room number one and room number two. Yeah, but one of them said twenty nine. Maybe it's so when somebody books through like hotels.com and they say, we're in room 29, you think you're going to someplace much bigger. Maybe you get you there. Just say rooms. you're in room one. They'd be yeah. like, oh, this is weird. Am I staying in someone's house? <laughs> and at, at least you get the the joy of Nick Cage being the bellboy and the receptionist <laughs> and the housekeeper. He really does it all. That would be a good movie. That would be a good Nick movie. Nick Cage running a motel? Yeah. Maybe you, a, a really don't need to have, you don't need to have any action. I just want to see the day-to-day life of Nick Cage running a motel by himself. Listen, we might be able to get that produced after some of the stuff that we've seen that Nick Cage will do. <laughs> yeah. It could could be a real hoot. We just need some of that Amazon Prime money. Why don't every episode, we'll add another detail to our Nick Cage hotel movie. We'll, we'll cast someone else in another role. So, okay, we're going to write the script as we as we do this, this podcast. podcast. Okay, I think we've just come up with a totally new idea for a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, yeah. Okay. All right. We'll so, keep going. Okay. So Nick Cage is fighting one of the bad guys. It's the the I can't remember his name in the credits, but he was the guy who was actually interested in hearing Nick Cage's story at the beginning. That, mm-hmm. that assassin. Yeah. The other bad guy, which I believe is the mean assassin, uh, in the credits. He is in a shootout on the stairs with the girl. And I don't think it's the girl that was covered in blood at the beginning, but she is also covered in some blood. She's got some blood on her. And doesn't um, the doesn't the guy say or yell out, you just had to hear the story? Oh, I didn't hear that. Part. To that effect. Yeah. He's he's upset that they spent the time listening to this story because I think oh, I don't I didn't write that down. Maybe you started yeah. a few seconds before me. Um I did hear him though when he he gets chased backwards down the stairs by the girl and he's firing off some blasts at her and he lets out a woo. Cause he, he loves this. This he's is having a good time. He is having a good time. This is what these guys live for. <laughs> so upstairs. He's, he's not going to be having a good time in a couple minutes. No, he's not at all. Uh, upstairs, the shootouts going on through the sheets and, and now we're back downstairs with the uh, the mean assassin and the girl, and they're both out of bullets. 
out of bullets. She pulls a knife. She's ready for a knife fight. And um, the tough guy has another gun. He does. In the back in the back of his pants. He pulls that out. And uh, I guess the gun backfires. Yeah. And like shoots his eye out. It does. It's disgusting. It's weird. Is that what happens when a gun backfires? Like I don't know. It like melted away or something. The barrel like know. melted away, and it went. The bullet went backwards and shot his eye out. It doesn't seem likely, but it also seems like it was booby trapped somehow, because I think this is the gun they took from Nick Cage. Oh, the first I think that I think you're right. Because then, you know, later Cage says, you know, in my day, a professional wouldn't use a strange gun without checking it first. Yeah. But that's the, that's that was his gun. He he rigged it. Wow. Nick Cage has been. He's had this planned out the whole time. He has. Yeah. He's one one or two steps ahead of them. But yeah, he gets the uh, he gets his eye blown off and he's standing there and he's screaming and the girl comes up. She takes her knife. And she slits his throat. Yeah, that was it, brutal. It was double gross, I wrote. Uh-huh. <laughs> it was all really unsettling. She has no mercy. Mm-mm. Yeah, she's she's pretty hardcore. Um, so now we start to get a little backstory on what exactly has been happening. Like she's he's revealing to her the story now. I think we skipped over him blasting away the other guy. Oh yeah, we did. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah both of the right. guys are dead. They're dead, and, we're and that was also pretty gross. The guy takes a shotgun blast to the chest, and there's blood everywhere. Yeah, and he just flies backward. Yeah. Um, so we're left with Nick and the woman, and she says, "You're you're Aranya." Yeah, that's his character's name, Aranya. Aranya. Yeah. Um. Oh, I did look up what that means. Yeah. You know what it means? I don't. Spider. He's the spider. He's the spider. Interesting. I wrote down bits and pieces of their conversation, but none of it really made sense to me. Yeah. He says Same something here. like, or she says, you're Aranya. And then he says, I used a cutout to deal with your girlfriend. But yeah, I don't know what that means. I don't know what a cutout is. I don't know what. I didn't know what he was talking about. It's all plan A, plan B stuff. Yeah, this was, was in Cameroon. This was his plan B. I don't. Yeah, I don't know who her girlfriend is. Maybe the woman from the beginning. I think it's the woman from the beginning. And yeah. plan A was the her and Lance killing each other. I don't know who Lance is. I don't know. Obviously, he's using this woman as a pawn in his plan. Yeah, and um, they. Okay, can we talk about the kiss for a second? Yeah, it's a terrible kiss. It is the most apathetic kiss I've ever seen on screen. It's, it's. I don't even know if their lips touched. It was. I wrote it. I said it was a peck. It was barely a peck. It was terrible. Uh, it was awful. Just I don't no think passion I don't, at all. I don't think Cage gets paid for kisses. I think so. I, I think there's two. One of two explanations for this kiss. I think either A, Cage improvised the kiss and she just was not prepared for it. Mm. And it's turned and you know, he just did like a little peck. Or B, the kiss was in the script, but the actress refused to kiss Nicolas Cage 
So they had to kiss, but not make actual lip to lip contact. God, I mean, it looks like it was similar to a kiss you might give someone on the forehead, like, but, but less. Yeah. Like, like I was thinking like it was a kiss he would give his, uh, a daughter figure. Like he would he'd go in, and kiss, but he kisses her on the lips. Uh, yeah, right. It's like, it's like when a teenager practices kissing the, the, the back of his hand, like just a little peck. That's what it was like. You're speaking from experience. Yes. I still <laughs> practice every day. Just trying to trying still to practice. It. Yeah. Never stopped. Maybe this is his first kiss. Like he, you know, he's been practicing on the back of his hand and uh, this is the first time kissing a woman. The character? The character. Yeah. Mm, maybe. No, not he's, Nick he's, Cage. Not the actual Nick Cage. He's done a lot of kissing. Um, yeah. Maybe that was part of his role. He hasn't kissed a girl in 10 years or something. Cause that's, it's been the on the run. that's his, he wrote that into his backstory. He might have, but he went for it. It was a bizarre kiss. It wasn't. It if you're going to go, kiss. if it was improvised, like I would go all in. Yeah. Especially with this actress, but yeah. So he's not going to tell her where he's going. He's got some stuff to do and he just kind of leaves and we see him go into, uh, Enrico's room. He's still alive. Barely. Yeah. I mean, we don't know what happened to Enrico. Like, how long has he been in this room? I, I told you, I don't think he ever leaves the room in the whole movie. I, I think don't he's know how you. There. I think you're right. And I don't know how you predicted that. Because in those opening credits where they show everybody running down the halls and there's a lot of action sequences, every time they introduce one of the uh, actors, all of his are looking through a sniper rifle and he's. He just seems to be sitting there. I don't think he had any action. He had nowhere to go. He was just always in that room. So how did he get shot? Maybe through the door, through the window. I don't know. Mm -hmm. So even the at the beginning, when we're introduced to the characters in the, the hotel, you think Enrico was in that room? Uh, yeah, he must have been. He, uh, he must have been already been shot at that point. Maybe, maybe Cage had just done, maybe Cage had just shot him before Cage those guys arrived. The woman that was oh, the all woman. Bloody. The yeah. woman, yeah. Could be. Could be either one of those women. Yeah. And then Enrico says, um, what if I killed Sanchez? <laughs> Nick says that was plan C. So who's first Sanchez? of all, I don't know who Sanchez is. <laughs> who's Sanchez? I don't know. And then how many plans does Nicolas Cage have? He's got a lot. Wow. And Enrico says, I couldn't kill those girls. And Cage said, well, you didn't stop it. And this is where we get a flashback. Someone is setting a fire. I'm assuming to kill some girls inside the house where they're setting this fire. And mm -hmm. he just stands there and watches. Mm -hmm. And now he explains this is why he hasn't been able to see his daughter. He can't even look her in the eye because he just stood there while these girls died. Now in the credits, it says there's a couple girls named Franco's daughters. So Franco's daughters have been murdered by Enrico oh. and his, his colleague. Okay. So the story is starting to come together a little bit. Now he's hiding out because whoever these other people are, they're coming to get him. They're coming to get Cage because he's involved somehow. I'm not sure. Hmm. They're, they're out for vengeance. And there's mention of Nick. Nick hired Enrico to do something because mm. Nick or uh, Enrico says 
the guy you hired me through is going to go after my daughter now. Ah. So he wants Cage to go find his daughter and protect her. That's what that's what I gathered at the end. Yeah. 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 And Cage says, that's not my problem. But Enrico throws him his phone and his gun, giving mm-hmm. himself up. He's going to die anyway. Yeah. He's, he's, he's been shot in the chest, it looks like, and he's bleeding out. And Nick puts him out of his misery. Yeah, he does. He deep sigh. And he thinks about it. And he shoots Enrico and he leaves and he's, and I wrote, is this the end of the kill chain? Cause you had explained in the first episode what a kill chain was. Yeah. And I think that's the end of it. Yeah. I, I definitely think there was a series or there was a, an inciting incident that kicked off a series of events that are, would be considered a kill chain. Mm. And I, yeah, I would guess this is the end of the kill chain, but there's at least another character that we haven't met who Enrico worked for. So they are still alive out there. They're still alive. So they could possibly set up a kill chain too. kill chain too. Yep. I don't think that's going to happen. No, I don't think so. But the last shot of the movie is Nick uh, walking outside and he calls uh, Andrea yeah. on Enrico's phone. Yeah. That's and an, I assume daughter. that's Enrico's daughter. Yeah. And that's it. Credits. Yep. Some of the character names we already said, Aranya was Cage, Enrico was the old sniper. Uh, there was the very bad woman, the woman in red, the curious assassin. I guess that's the guy who wanted to hear the story. The mean assassin. That's the other Franco and Franco's daughters. So Enrico wasn't Franco because he's the old sniper. Yeah. And we don't know who Franco is. Don't know. So, so many characters. I, I wonder, do you think Cage was a vigilante type, like an A-team type guy? And he was brought there maybe, or came there to avenge their deaths. Maybe Franco brought him to this hotel to avenge the deaths of his daughters, but he's also on the run for something else, like the A-team is. And that's how the story got started. Could be. I think that's what happened. Yeah, could be. Will we ever find out? I don't know. I mean, maybe. I think I'm probably going to look up the plot. I'll look it up on IMDb. This seems like one of those movies that just has so many plot twists and turns that if you really think about it, half of it probably won't make sense. Yeah. But you just got, it's one of those movies you just got to not just turn the brain off and enjoy the action, I guess. Yeah. The action wasn't bad. Um, So I I wrote down a couple things. For one, I feel like of the five movies we've watched, this is the one I know least about the middle. Agreed. Yeah, I, I've got to at some point go back and either watch the rest of the movie or read the plot from beginning to end and see what happens. The other thing is, I was trying to figure out what's bad here. The acting and the writing were not bad. The action was pretty good in the parts I saw, but it definitely feels more like, and we talked about this in the first episode, feels like a TV episode. Mm-hmm. This could definitely be an episode of a TV show that this director worked on. If you take out the gore, in any bad language, this could just be an episode of like The Incredible Hulk or The A-Team. I, yeah, totally. And the only thing that really elevates this movie is the fact that Nicolas Cage is in it. Yeah. Take out Nicolas Cage and what do we have? Just a pretty basic 90 minutes of action. Yeah. And a bunch of people you've never seen before. Yep. Except for the guy from Just Shoot Me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Rotten Tomatoes. 
30% for the audience, which kind of surprised me because I really didn't think this was that bad. And here's a first, zero critic reviews. Not even wow. Bad. How does that I happen? I don't know. And I was really surprised because the 20 minutes of it that I saw, I feel like were as professional or more professional than the other movies we've seen, which all had critic reviews. So maybe there's something to the director being upset. Um, and Stephen, you mentioned uh, offline that this director on Instagram was upset that this movie wasn't promoted more in the U.S. Yeah, he's there might be something to that. Something in his in his in his uh, comment, like even even Thailand promotes this movie better than the U.S. Yeah, I I don't disagree with him. I think there's a market for this movie. So I'm really surprised that it's not a little bit more popular. And it's so, I always like to find out how much, you know, a movie made at the box office, but for Mm -hmm. something like this, that was straight to prime video, it's almost impossible to find out how many people watched it. Yeah. What did it make in the box office? Like 12 grand? Um, I don't know if it made anything because it wasn't in the theaters. Oh, I thought I saw 12 grand, but maybe that's something else. Um, yeah, I can't, I can't fairly judge it on story, but the acting, the writing, the directing, the action, it was not a poorly produced movie. No, it's hard. It's not something we can easily make fun of. Like it Mm -hmm. was made by a competent director. I feel like. Yeah. One of the actresses, um, Angie Cepeda, and I'm not sure, uh, which role she played. Um, she's a Colombian actress and her highest rated film was Encanto. She was the voice of the mother of the three main characters. Oh, interesting. And the sister of Bruno. So maybe this was filmed in Colombia. It might've been. Yeah. But I think she's been in things that weren't just shot in Colombia. Yeah. All right. That's all I've got. What's next? Uh, you tell me what is next. Something that's on Hulu, right? Yes, I think so. This ends our run of prime video movies and we're going to move over to Hulu for the next group of Nick Cage movies. And I think we're going to start with a movie called Looking Glass. Looking Glass. I know nothing about it, but I'm excited. Looks interesting. Awesome. At least by the poster. Is it a uh, comedy, an action, a drama? Couldn't tell you. Okay, great. So we're going in completely blind. We'll find out. All right. All right, great. Well, this was fun. Thanks, Stephen. See you, Dan. All right, we'll see you next time. Bye. If you like this podcast, please tell your friends and find us on Instagram at Hold the Middle.